Napa know-how. Right now, Napa Legend batteries come with a $15 rebate by mail. Their long-lasting durability stands up to extreme conditions. So even on scorching days, it'll puff its chest out and be all like, hey, summer heat, find another car battery to drain. Napa Legend batteries with $15 mail-in rebate. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 831.18. Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. My name is MC Honey, and I am joined each and every week by Sutton the Soccer Dad and House. And boys, how is your offseason going? It was the first Sunday last week without NFL football. And I don't know about you, but it was one of the greatest things in my life because I did a lot of housework in my new house. It was really fun. So, and did you How go to is that all coming together? Did you go to soccer practice on, su- on su- Sunday, Sutton? I drove the minivan and everything, yeah. I mean, uh, winter soccer is huge in Cleveland, so I mean, yeah. it was, um, I mean, it was a great time. How's all the house stuff coming together so far? Oh, it's absolutely terrible because we have <laughs> snow every other day, basically. Um, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun, except it hasn't been. But it's been fun. You know what I mean. How, how about you? Uh, um, Sunday without football sucks. Okay. That's, that's, about all right. all, that's about all I got to say. What, basketball? <laughs> People watch basketball. I'm good on that. So, how seems a little upset tonight. Uh, he was getting a little I'm angry on Twitter. Upset. If you guys follow him, you guys are checking it out. He was very upset. He was going a little off on some people. How, do you want to talk about your anger issues? And I mean, we're here to help you. If you want to get over it, I mean, yeah, it's clear the air. Sometimes it's the alcohol, and other times people just say some dumb shit. So I just, I just kind of let loose. What were they saying tonight? We want, we want to know what, what set you off, House. Oh, tonight everything's been fine tonight, I believe. But I mean, I keep hearing talk about the Dolphins drafting a tight end, which I know we're going to get at at number twenty-two. That, that uh, really ticks me off a little bit. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. The high tower stuff, that, that was what it really was. I think that might have even been Sunday morning. I woke up and saw uh, people saying they don't think high tower is very good. <laughs> they compared him to Neville Hewitt and Koamisi, and I went back to bed. I woke up. I still saw it, so I had no choice but to say something because that's crazy. And we all know that high tower is your boy, right? That's, that's my man crush right now, yeah. Yeah. House loves high tower, so – if the Dolphins uh, get Hightower, it's going to be a great moment here on Finside Radio. If the Dolphins do not get Hightower, um, House may go into severe depression, which will lead to no, more drinking, lead to more angry outbursts from him, correct? Uh, no, it won't be too bad. We'll just have more money to spend elsewhere. I, I understand that he's a high-priced free agent, and I really don't think it's realistic, but I'm going to keep riding this uh, Hightower train until, until he signs with New England or, or elsewhere. I got you. And, and the biggest thing here is that, you know, with all the talk 
about going defense, defense, defense. And a article came out from Armando Salguero earlier this week. We might not have room for a tight end. And we'll have to see how this is all going to shake out. And of course, free agency comes first, yes, and then the draft. But of course, free agency is dependent on the draft. And the draft is dependent on free agency, which makes it a very complicated chess game and a very complicated puzzle to figure out. Because what, what you think might happen right now in free agency may not happen when it actually begins, such as what happened last year with the Dolphins, when they thought they were going to get Lamar Miller back, when they thought they were going to have a chance at Packman Jones, when they thought they were going to have a chance at some other guys. But Mike Tannenbaum was very strict with the money. Now, as I've said before on this podcast and many others places on the internet, Adam Gase has gotten some more power. Adam Gase is going to have a little more say in free agency. Adam Gase is going to have more say in the draft. If it wasn't for Mike Tannenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you that Lamar Miller would still be a Dolphin today. And who knows what would have happened with Jay Ajayi. But as I mentioned at the beginning of the season, Jay Ajayi was very close to being cut. If you could picture my thumbs right now, they're almost touching each other. That's how close he was to being cut. <laughs> no. All right. Just think about how Shouldn't close... you have a beer in your hand? How just think your about how close... touching? You should... Just think about how close Sutton was to uh Yeah, you know, never mind. On Valentine's Day. We won't go there. Okay. Uh... <laughs> 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 That's close. how close Jay was to being cut. If it wasn't for the injuries on the Dolphins with um Isaiah Pede, right? That was he was on the Dolphins, and Arian yep. Foster and Damian Williams getting hurt early on. We may there's a very good chance, which is crazy to say, that Jai never becomes Jai or Jai becomes Jai somewhere else. And it's Damn. just mind-boggling to think that. And you can say, oh well, the coaching staff doesn't have a good eye for talent if they couldn't see Jai, but I can assure you then not one person in the Dolphins organization. And I can assure you that not even Jay Ajayi knew that Jay Ajayi could be what he is today. And it's a credit to Jay. It's a credit to the coaching staff. And it's a credit to everyone else who, when they wanted to cut him, but couldn't, they decided to throw all their support behind him. And that's what you need to do. And that's what's going to confidence is a Confidence is a funny thing like that. Sometimes you just see one game of results. I mean, just think of how elated he felt after that Pittsburgh game. You know, he finally had tangible proof that he could do it in the NFL, and sometimes that has kind of a self-sustaining, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy there. So right, and uh, not good only for him that he's able to. Not only that, but when, when you have a player who you know you're stuck with, right, why not support them? It goes for anything. If, if I'm a if I'm a boss, right? If I'm if I'm supervising someone in my company, and I know I cannot fire them, why wouldn't I do everything I can to support that person to help them be successful? We have a situation. We, we have a situation right now at work with that, and it's someone who was very well known actually in our sports program. Um, and I'm not. I obviously can't say any names here. We need to put our support behind him because he's going to be the coach. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to do everything we can to help him succeed because he's ours and we want him to succeed. And we want the school district to succeed. And that goes anywhere. Okay. 
That goes for you, House. I know you suck, but I'm going to continue to support you on this podcast. Because I want to be to be great again. Oh, that's okay? not, I don't think there's any chance I'm going to be great again. You're stuck with what you get. <laughs> well, we will continue to talk to you during the week. We will continue to give you lessons, and Sutton will continue to shoot I'm you the pictures of himself yeah. as he wakes up every morning or sits in front of the mirror. I, I hope so. I don't think I'm getting those pictures. What's up, Sutton? Why, why aren't you sending me those pictures? Sutton, well, you, you know what it is? I, th- I think I think Hal's best work is actually when he is angry. So instead of like <laughs> those daily, you know, build a confidence calendar sort of thing, I'll just text him in the morning and just tell him how big of a piece of crap he is. <laughs> and then that will in turn cause him to just take his game to another level. I yeah. still don't know why I'm not getting these pictures of uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo flexing in the mirror yeah, with the shirt off. Why are you subject? <laughs> God, nobody needs to see that crap. Okay. Just bones, so bones. Football. Yeah. So where where was I going before? So Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald put out an article. And by the way, the lifeguard is absolutely on fire tonight. It is lit AF. And please continue to comment. Over 45 comments right now on the Finsider live thread on the Finsider.com. Please join us. Please also don't forget to call us. And you can call us at any time during the show. Once I pull it up at uh, 347-326-9461. Again, 347-326-9461. But let's go back to the Miami Herald. Armando Soguero says the plan for the, def- for the Dolphins is defense, defense, and more defense. And is that true? I can tell you, yes, it is true. That is absolutely the plan. The Dolphins plan to heavily target defensive end and linebacker in free agency. I'm not quite sure of their priority level there, but I believe it's defensive end and then linebacker. And whatever they hit upon in free agency and don't hit upon in free agency, they will turn their targets to the draft. The Dolphins need help on the defensive line. That is apparent. The Dolphins need help at the linebacker position. That is apparent. They're pretty okay with their cornerback, with their secondary. They're okay with that. They feel confident. But don't discount the fact of them maybe adding a piece there. But if someone like O.J. Howard, the arguably the best tight end in the NFL draft, arguably the best tight end to come out into the draft in the past several years, and arguably someone that can be that chess piece in Adam Gase's offense, if he falls to the Miami Dolphins, do they run to the podium and announce that the Miami Dolphins select O.J. Howard, tight end, Alabama? House, what do you think? Uh, I mean, we said it before. A lot of things come down to what happens at free agency in the and then heading into the draft, uh, I mean, I'd like to see what Miami does with Deion Sims, but as far as Adam Gates, the way he likes his tight ends, no matter what big of a need we have at tight uh, defensive end and linebacker heading into the draft, I think if O.J. Howard, a talent like that, who I personally am not even sure if he falls out of the top ten, if he's there at 22, I, I, uh, I'm not sure I agree with tight end there, but if he's there at 22, like you said, the talent that he is, I think the Dolphins run to the podium. I think Adam Gates, the way he likes his tight ends, the way he's this offensive mastermind, I think he runs to the podium and he'd make that selection no matter how big of a need we have at defensive end or a middle linebacker. Sutton, what do you think about that? What what would you do? Well, Adam Gates is kind of known for being a QB whisperer, but he might be one of the best tight end whisperers on the entire planet. 
So it's it's an interesting debate to get into just because of what could Gase do with a premium talent at tight end, which he's not had the luxury of working with here at Miami. However, I think, and I'm one of the few people on earth that's invested any time whatsoever in trying to decipher smoke screens. I think this is one of those natural smoke screens that Miami can take advantage of to maybe get somebody to go in front of them to take a tight end thinking that we might want them and hoping that defensive talent drops down to us. I just think it's a more sound investment for us to go defense. So I'm going to agree with Armando on this one. I think we need to go front seven because all the offensive talent in the world, if we can't stop anybody, it's not going to make as big of a difference. But you did bring up an interesting point when you opened up MC Money, how the draft affects free agency and and free agency affects the draft. So there is that interplay there. So a lot of dominoes are going are gonna to happen pretty quickly. And, you know, even the, the Kenny Stills resigning is going to affect the tight end position. So everything that happens up to this point is going to inform what we're going to do at 22. I just personally don't think it would be a very good investment at tight end in the first round unless we're able to plug some serious holes in free agency on that front seven because that's what makes me really nervous about taking that next step to being a, a, a consistent playoff team and a potential Super Bowl team, we got to get it. We got to get the defense better. And yeah. Speaking and, uh, of free, yeah. Go ahead. I'll finish your talk. Uh, just to touch on that. As far as I, I completely agree with Sutton, if it were me personally making the decision, I'm not touching a tight end at all. Even if OJ Howard does fall, I just felt like with Adam Gase, the kind of offensive mastermind he is, if, if that guy's there, OJ Howard, I mean, it's going to be pretty damn hard for him to pass on him. And so speaking of the way free agency and uh, defense, uh, not defense, free agency and the draft tie together, we do have a caller on the line. His name is Kai. I believe he's the first time caller. He wanted to speak about free agency. So we're going to jump back to there for just a quick few minutes and then jump back into the OJ Howard talk and the general tight end talk. Kai, welcome to Finsider Radio. My name is MC Money. You're joined by Sutton, the soccer dad, and Houts. What can we do for you tonight? Uh, I just wanted to talk about – I've been talking to Sutton on Twitter. He told me to call in today. So, I wanted to talk about sort of the – Kai, Kai. Yeah. If Sutton told you to jump off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? No, but I wanted to call in. Hey, hey, stop harassing one of my five Twitter followers, okay? All right, all right. You guys have been talking a lot about the free agency, and especially I've seen all three of you talking about uh, Dante Hightower and some of the draft – and I think the one thing uh, to look at is we do have $29 million in cap. And yep. if we want to grab Dante Hightower, that's going to be probably $10, 12000000 million a year at least. And that puts us into a dent. You put in the Kenny Stills resigning if they resign him. That also, like, that puts us into more of a debt. So would you rather try to splash on one person or re-sign our own and then see what we can do with what's left after a couple of days of free agency. Here, here's here's my thought on it. And, Kai, thank you for calling. We're going to put you on mute while we answer your question. Here's my thought, and I tweeted this out a short while ago, a few days ago. I say, cut Brandon Albert, let Kenny Stills walk, and uh, put all that money to your defense. The, the offense is not going to break without Kenny Stills. 
Brandon Albert was out half the year. The offense is not going to fall apart without him. You put that money towards Dante Hightower or Melvin Ingram, preferably Hightower because the Dolphins need a linebacker, I think, more importantly than a defensive lineman. They need both, but I think uh, linebacker will help them more. Hightower is going to command about $10.1 million in a year in average annual salary, probably a little more once they start bidding. You take that, which you're probably going to pay a little less than to Stills. You cut Albert, which is your money right there, basically. You can afford a Hightower. You can afford a defensive lineman. You could really make some noise on defense. You can get that defense from below average to above average in just two signings by making those two moves on offense. Um, so I think that's what the Dolphins should do is, is move that money that way. I know House and Sutton may feel differently. I don't know if one of you want to chime in. But, Kai, thank you for calling Finside Radio. Hope you call again. We hope you, we took care of your question. All right, House and Sutton, do you have any different thoughts before we go to our next caller? Our lines are hopping tonight. Uh, for me, for me, I just want to say, as much as I love Hightower, I, it would be hard for me to watch Stills walk. I mean, you saw what kind of repertoire he had with uh, Tannehill last season. He scored nine touchdowns, and I mean, he's 24 years old. He's going into a, the prime of his career. I understand that he's going to make about nine and a half million, but I mean, for me, maybe you get rid of Albert. And uh, as much as I hate to say this, sign Stills, you you try to maybe sign a guy like Zach Brown or Gerald Hodges at middle linebacker and, and plug two holes and then even have money left over at guard rather than put all that money into Hightower. So for me, I mean, the Dolphins, they got some tough decisions to make, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. What about you, son? Son. Son. I think Sutton fell down. So, so while Sutton decides he wants to come back and join us, you know, instead of, I don't know. I don't even want to know what he's doing right now. Um, we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to bring in, bring in this caller right now. Welcome to Finsider Radio. This is MC Money. You're joined by Houts, and Sutton is somewhere playing off. Um, well, we don't know. Welcome to Finsider yeah. Radio. What's your name? We Houts. got pranked. I'm Houts, here. are you there? I'm here, man. All right. And I'm here. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Oh, yeah. There he is. Is this, is this my me? boy, Chris? Is this my boy, Kristoff? Yes. Kristoff, what's up, bro? Uh, nothing much. Kristoff um, so messed up tonight. It took him 20 seconds to respond to us. <laughs> Kristoff, go ahead, please. <laughs> and um, the thing is, last year we went through the whole... Rashad Jones wanting a new contract, and uh, he wants to get paid big bucks. Now we have thirty some odd mil in cap space. Um, I know their intentions are to sit down with him, but if a new deal cannot occur, do you keep him to his contract, or do you see what you can do about tripping him? similar to what we did with our eighth pick last year. Hops, I'll let you grab this one. Christoph, thank you for calling. I'm going to put you on mute while Hops answers this question. All right, Hops, so, so, go for it. Was he, ahead, to trade Rashad, was he mentioning to retrade Rashad Jones? Is, is that what he just said? Christoph, do you want to trade Rashad Jones? I was asking if we cannot come up to a new contract with him because I know he was talking about wanting to get paid last year, holding off this year. 
to this year, he's probably going to want more than he would have accepted last year. If they cannot go into the talks and come out with some type of deal, do you expect him to play and then test free agency the following year, or do we contemplate trading him? Great question. For me, I think Rashad Jones, when he went down, we realized that he might be the best defensive player we had. Uh, I understand that he sat out a bit last season, but he came right back. He didn't really miss any uh, significant time. So, for me, I don't think Rashad Jones will will ever really sit out and and put his team in jeopardy. But for me, Rashad Jones, he's the best player on defense, and the Dolphins have to do everything in their power to re-sign him. Uh, To me, that would be the number one goal. If if you're telling me he's going to hit free agency next season or uh, if he doesn't re-sign a new contract this year, I think you got to re-sign him as soon as possible because that's the most valuable player on defense, in my opinion. All right, Christoph, we hope you answered your question. We have a line of callers, so we're going to have to hang up on you. But thank you again for calling Finsider Radio. And believe it or not, House, we have another caller on the line. And no, we did, not pay these, we did not pay these people to call us. I guess we are just that popular. And I know Sutton's screening him. So I, I know we have a bunch of questions in a live thread as well, so we're going to get to those. And I do see you guys talking in there about Taco Charlton and having him at number 22. I can tell you, uh, Finn's from uh, Finn's from Ian. I think that's what it says. Finn fan from CM, wherever that is. Uh, Daytona Dolphin is talking about it. Alpha is talking about it. You're all talking about it in there. But Taco Charlton, boys and girls, is going to be gone in the top ten most likely, and I highly doubt he is going to fall to 22 for the Miami Dolphins. But what I can tell you is that the Dolphins are in love with Taco. And remember, they're not just in love with tacos on Tuesdays for Taco Tuesday. They're in love with Taco Charlton every day. And they have tons of connections at Michigan because of Stephen Ross. And they know every little thing about Taco Charlton. Also know every little thing about Jabril Preppers as well, just to keep in mind. So we will see how that all shakes out. But I highly doubt the Dolphins get a chance to get him at 22. All right, let's bring our next caller on the line. Welcome to Finside Radio. This is MC Money. And you are joined along with Houts and a Sutton, the soccer dad. Who are you? What can we do for you? How y'all guys doing? What's up? What's your name? My name is Tony, man. How y'all guys doing tonight? Tony, we're doing, doing amazing. What's going on, Tony? Thank you for calling Finn Saturday. Um, What's your question? My question is there, why will you get rid of Kenny Stills? Because to be honest with you, he's a very important piece to this offense. So that's like a breaking up the chemistry with Tannehill. So yep. it's very important for the Dolphins to keep the three wide receivers together to keep Tannehill, you know, with the chemistry with this team. Um, I'm totally against to get rid of uh, Kenny Stills, but I know that right now that you uh, what I'm hearing that Philadelphia is um, in line for him. They want him. But I think it's very important for the Dolphins to try their best to keep Kenny Stills, to keep the chemistry with this offense. I come. I completely get that, Tony. I want to put you on mute because we do have to get some more callers and questions, and we will answer your question. I'm going to take this one, guys, because I'm the one who said to cut Kenny Stills, and, and here's why. Kenny Stills is going to average about 6 to $8 million a year in his new contract, four to five years. He's a very young player, absolutely. He got nine touchdowns, nine or ten touchdowns this past season. Absolutely, yes, he did. He has great chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. Yes, he does. He is a fantastic leader in the locker room. Yes, he is. Here's the deal with the Dolphins, though. They have Devontae Parker coming off his rookie deal in a few years. They have Jarvis Lancer they need to re-sign after next season. 
They have Leontay Carew, who they just gave up a boatload of picks for, who they're hoping to develop into a wide receiver. Adam Gase, as far as I know, wants to upgrade at tight end. So you add all those things together, and then you add in Jay Ajayi, and you got Jakeem Grant, and you got Kenyon Drake in there. There's only so many balls to be thrown around. And when you got to pay Devontae Parker in a few years, when you got to pay Jarvis Landry, when you got to look for that upgrade at tight end, when you got to uh, pay a Jay Ajayi, too, if he keeps it up in a few years, there's only so much money you can spend on the offensive side of the ball. I know Kenny Stills accounted for a lot of production. But for me, you can get someone else in free agency who has similar skill sets. Someone like a Deshaun Jackson. Yes, he's a little older. Someone like a Kenny Britt. Yes, character concerns. Or even Ted Ginn. Yes, I just said Ted Ginn. Uh, oh, someone God. just as fast. Brian Quick. Cordero Patterson, who I know Adam Gase can turn into a decent ball player. And fill that, fill that uh, slot there. So, yes, I know that that is a very controversial ch- subject, Tony. And I wish I could bring you back on, but, but we do are running out of time. We still need to get to two more subjects and a lot more questions. But please interact with us on a live thread. Please call us again next week. But, you know, that is just one man's opinion. We'll see what the Dolphins do. I can tell you that Adam Gates and the Dolphins absolutely love Kenny Stills, and they will do everything they can to bring him back. All right, Tony. I do want to retort really quick because I've said nothing all this whole show just because for some reason the whole show, like, blacked me out. Like, I couldn't hear you guys at all. But yeah. anyway, the, the one thing that I do want to bring up before we move on is during the final seven-game stretch of our season last year, getting into that playoff run, Devontae Parker was the third targeted Miami Dolphins wide receiver. So I think that does have to speak a little bit to what Kenny Stills brings to us. It's not just – he's not just a deep-field decoy. He actually – is targeted frequently by Tannehill and Matt Moore at the end of the year. So um, he is a vital part of this offense. So we'll, we'll, we'll. Yeah. And you just cut out again. Sutton's having some difficulties with his phone, but yes, he was the most third, most targeted player, but he was also getting a lot more targets as that season went on as well. Okay. We need to move on and we need to start talking about well, lots of more things. All right. The franchise tag in the NFL. Actually, yeah, let's talk about the franchise tag. We just talked about Kenny Stills. Will Kenny Stills get the franchise tag? Do you think he should get the franchise tag? Houts, what do you think? Uh, absolutely not. I'm not even sure what the franchise tag is for uh, receivers right now, but I don't Oh, Here we go. We got, what, 14.599. I don't think it is any way that Kenny Stills gets that number. Yeah. No, sir. All right. There, there were some questions on that, so that's why I brought it up. Um, but, no, Kenny Stills is not going to get tagged. He should not get tagged. Is there anyone on the Dolphins do you think should get tagged out? Uh, no, no, there isn't. I don't think there's anyone on the Dolphins team right now that deserves a franchise tag, not for those numbers, no. All right. All right, boys. And I agree. Let's, let's, <laughs> and you're back. Thank you. All right. <laughs> let's, go, let's, go, let's go to the live thread, guys. I know it is very lit in there. Like I say, lit AF. Let's see what we got going on. What questions do we have, boys? Um, I'm going to kind of work my way backwards. I have a question from Bill. He's one of the moderators on the on the Finsider Dolphin 88. He asks, Kiko has never played weak side linebacker. Why does everyone want to move him outside? They have moved Nisi around so much that fans are down on him, and I think he has done damn good without any help so far. 
I'll just retort really quickly. Alonzo, I'm not entirely sure if that's true, if he's never played outside linebacker anywhere. Even if it is true, I think the Dolphins organization feels very comfortable moving him around just because he has the skill set of a weak side linebacker. He doesn't have quite the block shedding that we'd like to see out of a middle linebacker, but he does have good sideline to sideline pursuit. Um, seems to diagnose plays pretty well and is pretty decent in pass coverage. We could, we could see a little bit of an upgrade there, but for, for all those limitations, I think Kiko would be a good fit at weak sign linebacker. So if we're able to get that middle linebacker, that really improves two positions. All right. What else do we got going on? Here's one from Alpha. The draft is super deep at defensive end, so what I believe the Dolphins will draft. But let me throw a twister in. David Njoku, tight end out of Miami, is there. Do they pull the trigger on him instead? Uh, we talked about it earlier. Unless it's O.J. Howard, which even then I'm not quite sure the Dolphins should go in that direction, I would absolutely pass over David Njoku for a tight end or linebacker. Speaking of the University of Miami, if Brad Kai is there in the middle rounds, do you take him? That's a tough yeah. one. I think, I think his ceiling's uh, what we already have in Tannehill, isn't it? I mean, I could be wrong. I know he has different intangibles and whatnot, but I kind of just feel like a, a more raw Tannehill in him, and I'm I'm not sure that Tannehill's done developing, and I'm not – I mean, who knows if he's going to come back 100% from that injury ever, but, I mean, I don't think uh, Brad Kaya could ever even reach Tannehill at this point. <laughs> I can't tell you that yeah, Dolphins – I can't tell you the Dolphins are going to be looking at quarterbacks in the middle rounds of this draft. I'm and I think that's that. fair. I just, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I personally don't think Kai is that guy. I don't Same. have the Miami bias cause I'm up here in Cleveland. So I'm, I'm just not real impressed with his game and think that, you know, maybe a day three flyer, but we already have Dowdy there. So I don't know how that would significantly improve the competition there at the quarterback position. All right. What else do we have in there? Let's see. We got guard or linebacker in free agency or both and who? I think both, first of all. I'd like to see a guard uh, and a linebacker there. I think House and I would kind of agree if if the whole Hightower bandwagon thing doesn't work out for House. I think Zach Brown is a pretty good backup plan there. Now, MC Money, I know you have some concerns with the contract year and the injuries, um, but that's why free agents hit the market because there's question marks there. So I think it's a guy, he was on my fantasy team last year. I'm in one of those IDP leagues, and he absolutely tore up stat sheets last year. So I'm thinking that he does still have something something in the tank, and and not to mention we'd be taking somebody away from Buffalo. So that's always a good thing to take someone from a division rival and add them to our roster, have a little bit of insider knowledge there. And then at guard, I'm looking at uh, Kevin Zietler and Larry Warford. And I can tell you that Zietler is a huge target for the Dolphins. They will pursue him very heavily for the right guard position. What else do we have in a live thread? Man, I am just dropping inside info all night long tonight, huh? (laughs) We're we're proud of you. I think think we touched everything on the thread other than – I'll also ask you, what do the Dolphins have in Devontae Parker, which, I mean, Sutton just clearly wrote lots of words on that. So, Yeah, so that I one. do want to say that Sutton's on Twitter now, and Sutton's getting a little rambunctious. 
Sutton actually begged Rob Carruth to send us questions for tonight. So Sutton, <laughs> do you see those questions where you are right now, or do you need me to pull them up? Um, why don't you go ahead and pull them up? All right, that is code for I'm not prepared, so I need you to do the work for me. So Th- that's Sutton, code going- for I have an iPad and a phone, and I'm not. I don't have the technological <laughs> dexterity yet to do multiple things all at once. Okay, so Karuth has uh, – I'm just looking at your conversation with Rob right now. Is there anything for Finsider Radio tonight? Science, don't beg people to ask questions. All right, that's not how Twitter works. I think we were all just Fair enough. for the show to start. So he's just like, ah, what the hell, I'll ask him to ask up some questions. <laughs> that is fair. Okay, I apologize, Sutton. Yeah, I'm not much of a beggar. Okay. But I do Definitely. want to retain the five Twitter followers that I do have. I do want to say you begged me quite a bit in Cleveland, but I had to decline. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, that's what he has to say. All right. So, Rob, we kind of um, answered your question, question when you asked, am I the only one not on board with drafting a tight end with pick 22? I would be okay with it, absolutely, but I think House would not be okay with that. So we kind Unless of addressed that. Neither would I. Unless it's Howard, yeah. I guess I could live with, but I'd still be a little angry. House, Hightower aside, what would be your ideal and realistic linebacker crew for next season? Oh, man. I, I guess for me it'd be – really, I'm really high on Zach Cunningham. We'd have Keith, obviously, and then uh, Raycon McMillan out of Ohio State. I'm pretty high on him also. So, I mean, we're going towards the draft, and that's where we're going to fill those linebacker spots. I think Zach Cunningham in the first, and then just pray that – McMillan falls to the second. That that right there would be my ideal linebacking core. All right. And, Rob, your question about if you have three picks in the fifth round, could they use them to get a pick back in the third or fourth? More than likely, they get back into the fourth with those. It would be very tough for them to get back in the third unless they package all three of those fifth-round picks and possibly something else in there um, to get back up. Let's quickly, before we end the show, let's talk about tight ends again because I know we spent a lot of time on that. We spent a little bit of time on defense, but this show is really devoted to the tight end position. And we kind of touched on O.J. Howard and, and the guy from Miami. It's hard to pronounce his last name. But let's look at the free agent tight ends. You got Martellus Bennett. He didn't do – he did good in New England, but he didn't do as well as you'd like to see him with Tom Brady there and knowing how well tight ends do in that offense. But pushing that aside even, him and Adam Gase do not have the best history there. You got Jared Cook from the Packers. You know, I mean, even with Aaron Rodgers, he didn't do much. Jack Doyle, eh. Luke Wilson, before he got hurt, eh. You know, there's really no one that stands out for the free agent tight ends that you say would come into Miami and really be an upgrade over Deion Sims. So that's when you look through the NFL draft. And besides O.J. Howard, okay, you know, there's there's a few others in there besides David Njoku. You got Gerald Everett from uh, South Alabama, 6'2". One guy that stands out is Bucky Hodges from Virginia Tech, 6'7". Okay, O.J. Howard is obviously the number one tight end. David Njoku is the number two tight end on the board. Gerald Everett, who I just mentioned, the third, the third ranked tight end from WalterFootball.com. You also got Evan Ingram from Ole Miss. And uh, he's projected in rounds two and three. You got Jordan Leggett, the tight end from Clemson, projected rounds three and four. There's some decent talent there in the middle rounds for tight ends. 
I do think you'll see the Dolphins make a play at tight end. I know he said it was quoted as uh, Adam Gase telling Deion Sims that he viewed him as the number one tight end, but I, I do think that's a smoke screen. And, and for you guys, if we have to upgrade a tight end, I'm going to ask each of you, then we'll end the show. Sutton, if you have to upgrade tight ends over Deion Sims or add a compliment to Deion Sims, what are you doing? Are you attacking in a free agency or are you looking at the draft? Okay, my, my thought on tight ends coming out of the draft, and I, I think we're seeing a, a rhythm here over the last few years, is that tight ends, kind of, they need at least a year uh, before they're ready to contribute full-time. Now, O.J. Howard may be different, and Joku may be to a lesser degree, but I think tight ends in college just come into the draft too soft. They don't know how to block yet. They don't understand the nuances of the position because they're really playing glorified receiver. So I think there's a pretty steep learning curve for tight ends coming out. So if we do go tight end and we need somebody to, to contribute immediately, we have to go first round, I think. But if we go a day two guy, say we draft someone like Evan Ingram in the third round somewhere in there from Mississippi, then – I think we have to expect that it's going to take him a while to get adjusted. So we're looking at him being a factor in maybe 2018. So that's why I'm personally leaning towards going the veteran route and looking at maybe, you know, Deion Sims, you kind of alluded to this. He's more of like a one and a half. He's not quite a number one tight end, but he's a little bit better than a number two tight end. So maybe if we have two one and a halfs on our team that we can get by next year. Um, and, and not to mention, I, I was pretty impressed with some of Marquise Gray's plays last year. So hopefully some of that homegrown talent, so to speak, that we have already, maybe he's able to kind of take the bull by the horns and, and earn some more reps. So, but um, going back to your original question, going, going veteran. Simon, did you cut out again? I think Sutton cut out again, but I think we got his point. House, what would you do, tight end, free agency, yeah. or draft? Uh, well, I just want to touch on what uh, Sutton said. Marquise Gray, he was a big factor in the past game for some of the season. And Deion Sims, I think he's 25 years old. He really started to come on a little bit during last season. Uh, i definitely find a way for the Dolphins to sign him. And then I would turn to the draft. I want a player you uh, didn't mention. His name's Jake Butt out of Michigan. I think <laughs> Big, tall target. I love the last name. Uh, I know he suffered a torn ACL his, his senior season, but for me, I think this draft is just loaded with a bunch of, uh, like like we were saying earlier, we got Howard and Ajoku, those two like kind of elite tight end prospects, and then we got a bunch of good players that could come in and, I mean, maybe sit a year or two, like something would say, you don't really come in right away. But, I mean, if you have Deion Sims, Marquise Gray, you got a guy like Jake Butt who uh coming off an ACL injury, and he was one of the top tight ends in college. So, I mean, for me, I love the name. I like Bucky Hodges also, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, but I, I'd like to see Jake Butt on the Dolphins. I mean, he's got that Michigan connection, and his last name is Butt. So let's, let's I will it. immediately go out and buy a Butt jersey. Yeah. And how perfect is it that he also plays <laughs> tight end? I mean, I, there's I, just I, no better I, perfect storm for me as an immature person than to have Butt playing <laughs> tight end. For my I think team. wherever he ends up, his jersey's going to be a hot piece. Of, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for me, end, yeah. you know, I need to give my two cents here at tight end. I think if OJ Howard is there, man, I can. I would love to be in that war room if OJ Howard dropped to twenty-two, because that is going to be one hell of a debate for about seven to eight minutes 
while the Dolphins are on the clock. And Adam Gase is just sitting in that chair, knowing the plan is defense, knowing you're looking at defensive end or linebacker in that first round, and you got this guy sitting in your face. For me, it's simple. You take the best player available, whether it's an offensive player or a defensive player. Best player available. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. So best player available, you don't get yourself into too much trouble. And if O.J. Howard is the best player available when the Dolphins pick at 22, that's who you pick, regardless of what your other team looks like, the rest of your team looks like. Um, That's just me. Okay, boys, we talked about tight ends. We had four callers call tonight. We had our live thread popping. We had Sutton begging Rob Carruth on Twitter for questions. We had it all (laughs) tonight. And we thank all of you for joining us a day after Valentine's Day, where I can assure you that nothing happened between me and my wife. We have I was going to say, there was a, there, there's probably more begging on your part for something on Valentine's Day than I was begging Rob Carruth for questions, but we'll just we'll leave, we'll leave that a gentleman's conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you may be onto something. You may be onto something. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, we will likely be back next Tuesday. I say likely be back because, listen, We've had one hell of a show tonight with the participation. So if you in the live thread want us to move to Wednesday nights during the off season, tell us, tell us on Twitter, tell us in a live thread, or if you prefer, we stay on Tuesday nights, let us know. We're going to go with the crowd vote and we're going to continue that for the rest of the off season as we head into free agency and the draft. All right. So let us know, but for MC yep. money and well, not for MC money because I am MC money, but for <laughs> Sutton and for house, I am MC money. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We hope you have a great week. Take care. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Verge Cast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. If you listen to podcasts, check it out.